you know, plan to pack it in, pack it out. And you can do different kinds of bags that can hang on the outside of the Jeep, on the tire. Um, you don't have to have it in the Jeep, but at least you know that. Um, the other one they talk about is minimize the use of fire, especially if you're overlanding and you want to have a fire, because that's pretty cool. You know, in our uh, forested areas in San Bernardino Mountains, it's illegal to have a fire unless it's designated in a fire ring. Adios, Jeeper. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show. I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, uh, the premier show for Jeep enthusiasts and hardcore off-roaders. One of these days, I'm going to be able to read this thing <laughs> as written without stumbling. And it, So, the doctor told my mom when I was born that the the stuttering that I little the slight stuttering issue that I have is probably because I didn't uh, have I didn't breathe immediately. So he says that it basically he's saying I, I, I have a little brain damage. Uh, and anybody that's listened to the show for a while will, Just a will, little bit. will understand this. And and my dad got really upset. He took me out for a bicycle ride. I, I think I was maybe two or three months old and he dropped me on my head. What? So, yeah, I think that was the last bicycle ride we ever did together. I would think so. <laughs> I was coming all in focus. <laughs> all making sense now. So, whether you're new to the Jeep world or a seasoned Jeeper, we've got you covered with the latest news, tips, and advice to help you get the most out of your Jeep. On tonight's episode in our news story, Famous for Freedom. People, hmm. pe- you people realize that's going to be a Jeep story, right? I, I hope so. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> In uh, newbie nuggets, uh, Wendy shares tread lightly. Uh, that's uh, that's a, like an organization thing, right? Not just you, you being easy on that off road. You kind of have to listen, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's how you get. That's how you get. You know, that's how you get us. So, uh, Gladiator update: EGS twenty twenty four is coming up. Do I need differential protection, and do I need it front or rear, or yes? <laughs> and in our must have stuff for your Jeep. Taser Mini. We've uh, talked about it before, but there's a, a, an extra special reason for talking about it tonight. Ooh. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and today I'm going to talk about treading lightly. Hi, I'm Larry, and I can't wait to get my new truck. All right, so uh, now I don't think either one of you guys are going. Well, maybe you, maybe you could go, uh, Larry. That's probably only 15, 20 hours for you to drive, uh, <laughs> which is nothing. But the Detroit Four Fest uh, event is coming up uh, September 8th through 10th, <clears throat> and uh, it's up in uh, Detroit, Michigan, hence the, the name Detroit Four Fest. So uh, it's going to be at Holly Oaks uh, ORV Park. Uh, and uh, Julianne with JTS Chick Chat and Wrangle Hers will be doing a ladies run on September 9th and 10th, both at 645 in the morning. Yes, in the morning, early That's morning. Early. That's what <laughs> we do, early. though. That's really what we do. That's because it's, it takes a lot to herd everybody together, trust me. It's like herding cats. So, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's going to be uh, at the uh, Hollyoaks Off-Road, uh, Off-Road Park. Let's go to... Uh, fourfest.com and uh, sign up for that event oh and you really want to be there on september 8th for that uh, for the night run because you don't want to miss the friday night night fest brought to you by friends of the show tyree lights uh, i think that the, that's gonna i think that the, the actual thing says they're gonna gather <laughs> At 7 p.m. talking about herding stuff, so I uh-huh. think I think that one of the one of the reasons why they say gather is because they uh, they know that it's going to be busy that day. I think September 8th is a is a media day, 
and uh, I don't know that there's anything scheduled for uh, for off-roading type stuff. That's why uh, Julianne's doing September 9th. So the, the 9th and 10th, I think, are going to be wheeling days out, uh, out there at the park. So, uh, But there will be wheeling, night wheeling, which I think last year was the first time they ever did that. Um, uh, they only they ever that they had never done night wheeling at uh, Holly Oaks before, and it was uh, also a, a Tyree Lights event. So uh, I know Chris is going to be there uh, with this from the Jeep Talk Show, and Julianne certainly is going to be there. Uh, so Larry, is that something you're planning on going to? We've talked about it. Don't know for sure yet. It's uh, it's it's probably only an eight or nine hour drive. Oh god, so not too bad. Yeah, I know you, but, you and your but, drives. Yeah, it ain't bad. <laughs> Julianne should have named her ride uh, Jeeps and Java or something like that. Uh, well, actually, she's she's named it the Jeep Talk Show Ladies Ride, which I, I okay. I don't that want I don't funny. want any other suggestions, Larry. Don't screw this up for <laughs> us. <laughs> you could hand out Jeep Talk Show coffee mugs. That's I right. Love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, and I want to remind everybody uh, to uh, join us uh, in our become paid subscribers, uh, support the show uh, via Patreon. Uh, you get uh, ad free content. Larry, what what do you get with the uh, with the Patreon subscription? You're a Patreon subscriber. I don't know why, but you are. Yeah, yes, I am. So the biggest one for me has always been the discounts, and you get some uh, early access to uh, like the Tony and Josh show and. You get to hear what you get to hear the shows. It's posted. Well, I think it's about a day early. Mm-hmm. But but for me, the big one is uh, the discount codes because well, that Jeep is never finished. <laughs> it never will be. And never. And, and it makes never. it a lot easier uh, to work on it with des- discount codes, doesn't it, Larry? Well, it's always on sale then, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about something that I recently actually it was this this morning that I found out about this. And now I wouldn't necessarily know about this because I don't have a 392 in my uh, in my Gladiator. Of course, they don't make 392 Gladiators, uh, at least not yet. But they do make a 392 uh, JLs and JLUs. Actually, they just make a 392 JLU, don't they? It's not a JL. So right. I, I heard this morning that the Jeep Rubicon 392 transfer case will not do two-wheel drive. Well, that's not entirely true. Well, okay, tell me. <laughs> tell me what you know. Well, from, from uh, working with our, uh, wheeling with our teammate Bill, mm-hmm. you can't do a two-wheel drive normally, but I think we're going to talk about the JL Taser later. Yes, yes. Don't give it away. But yeah, no, no, but nope, from nope. the factory, you cannot factory, do no. two-wheel drive. It is not shiftable. And in fact, in our show notes, and of course, you can look at the show notes at episode 880, which is what we're recording, uh, the, what is this episode, uh, the uh, the shifter knob says 4H auto, 4H part-time, N for neutral, and then 4 low. So there is no two-wheel drive option on there. And I was Man. surprised to learn that there is a clutch pack inside of the transfer case. Uh, Wendy, what do you what do you think when you think of a clutch pack? <laughs> okay, seriously, as a girl, a little thing I carry around my weight. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> How about you, Larry? As, as a jeeper? Uh, yeah, yeah, as a jeeper. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a little pack of clutches that allows slippage. Trying to manage all that power. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it allows slippage, but it also means that over a period of time, the slippage is going to get more and more and out of spec, which means you're going to have to replace the clutch pack eventually. Yeah, I wonder. Now, it used to be in the old uh, 
posi rear ends and that, that that ran clutch packs. You always had to run a friction modifier. Yep, I remember that. In the uh, in the oil, so I wonder if they have to run that friction modifier in that transfer case too. You would think so, but I, I don't know the uh, on the details of this story. I don't have that. Uh, but so, uh, Wendy, what happens is is that uh, it, it that four high or four H auto, which is four high auto, which means that's what you drive around in, like on the, on the freeway and okay, uh, so on and so forth. You could do off road that that as well. But uh, basically, what that means is is that the transfer case is deciding where to put the power to. So it may go to the front, it may go to back the, to the back. I think Subaru is kind of uh, famous uh, for uh, all-wheel drive, and the other vehicles, Audi, I think, has all-wheel drive. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, the what, what's another one? Oh, the Grand Cherokee, I believe. Uh, the older Grand Cherokees uh, had all-wheel drive, I believe, as well. I don't know that they did it this way, but the the problem is is that uh, if you are taking your uh, three ninety two Wrangler off road, well, that clutch pack could fail. Uh, and it could fail while you're off-road. So if you put it in four-high part-time, it basically locks the clutch pack, so no slippage. Okay. Same thing with four-low. Uh, it, it locks the clutch pack. But, of course, if it's already worn out, then you could just uh, not have four-wheel drive off-road. This concerned me. I don't know if, if it concerns any of you guys or not, but it, it really bothers me. And, and it may be because of the NP242 transfer case that uh, was in the, uh, uh, the Cherokee. Uh, it was great because uh, since it, was, uh, it would allow me to drive and four-wheel drive on the road, uh, it, the, the chain kept stretching and slipping. Uh, I mean, popping. It would literally pop over the gears. And this clutch pack kind of makes me, reminds me of that. I got a little PTSD, I think, of the, uh, <laughs> of, of the whole transfer case uh, design issue. Well, you know, they could be also, so in a lot of your other, I'll say, cars that are all-wheel drive, you you have to carefully monitor your tire size as well. Because a lot of times, you can't just replace one of the tires. That's right. Because it's all about the comforts of that tire. Mm-hmm. So that clutch pack could be adjusting for all that because you got to think about when you air down, let's say, right, you're always, you're, you're, circumference of the tire is going to be changing drastically as you're flexing as you're doing other things so that that could be the whole point of that so you don't have to worry about you know what's happening out there at the end of each you know with all the wheels if you will Mm -hmm. well one one way to extend the life of your clutch packs and and why in the world do you need four-wheel drive whenever you're driving on the highway or going to get groceries um, one way to extend the life of your clutch pack is not to use it. And uh, I'm really surprised that there is not a too high option on the transfer case. So the, the Jeep Rubicon 392 transfer case does not allow you to go into two-wheel drive. That's probably to manage the power, right? Because it's still just a Dana 44 front and rear. And, you, and that's a lot of horsepower is pushing through there, so it's probably using the entire system to manage the power versus everything going to one axle. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but the the, uh, the the Jeep 392 computer will allow two-wheel drive, but it's not anywhere on the dash or on the shifter or anything like that. And as you alluded to earlier, you have to use the Taser Mini. And once you have the Taser Mini uh, hooked up, you can then select two-wheel drive, which means it won't be using those clutches. Uh, wow. it, it will only use the clutches whenever you need them, like uh, 
four high part time or four low. <laughs> you know, like you God just gave it away. Like God in like God created the uh the reason why God created Jeeps. So is that you would suggest people to drive in four high part time? No, no. Uh two wheel drive. No, I'm, I know with the Taser Mini, but I'm saying if they didn't have that, then rather than driving in no, four high no, auto, you, no, should you they can't. do four no, high part-time? No, part-time means that they're, it's all locked together, and of course you could damage things. Okay. So your only option from a, a, the, the Wrangler 392 is the four high, four high auto, uh, and nothing else on the shifter. You, you can't drive any of the rest of that stuff unless you're off-road. Okay. You know, slippery, slippery conditions, so I, slippery I say off-road. Stuff. I'm yeah, sorry? And no, I, I got it. I was like, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Then, then, do you guys ever, and I don't have snow here, do you guys ever use uh, four, four-wheel four drive in the, in the snow? Four the high. Yeah, four high usually. You have better traction. Yeah. So, I could actually see that using four high auto uh, in, in snowy environments would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, my truck had four high and, and auto as well. And that was nice because it would, it would run just uh, two rear and then it starts slipping, and it would engage the fronts. Did it? Uh, was it a, a gradual engagement or a jerky engagement? Because I could see how that could break parts if it did it all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, you, you really, you really didn't know when it was doing it. Okay, yeah, with you. Yeah. Do you think they were using clutch, like a clutch pack, to do it? Well, I would, I would think something to something just that to, slips. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't want to overemphasize the, the failure of the clutch pack. There's nothing that I've seen that indicates that the clutch pack is going to die overnight or anything like that. It's just kind of a common sense thing. I mean, you, uh, if you think of it, uh, brakes are kind of a clutch system. Uh, if you have a standard transmission, the uh, the pressure plate and, and uh, clutch uh, disc and flywheel combination is kind of a, a clutch pack. So those things last for a very long time. And, and this uh, clutch pack could uh, <laughs> well Murphy's law is it's going to last until you're going on that that, that really wonderful <laughs> off road event. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's always when those things happen. By the way, yeah. And uh, this is just another reason uh, that you can use to tell your wife. But I gotta get a Taser Mini, I honey. Need a Mini, please. <laughs> This wouldn't have happened if I had that. That's right. Yeah, right. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I was just reading up on that, and you actually have to come to a full stop. Even after you've got the Taser Mini in, you have to come to a full stop before you can uh, switch it uh, to two-wheel drive only. And uh, then I believe, I can't remember now if there's a way, it wasn't, it wasn't really clear on how to turn this on and off. I know with the Taser Mini, you can assign buttons on your steering wheel uh, to be able to engage and disengage. Uh, but uh, the, I did see that uh, under uh, the full tra- traction control disable, uh, you could press and hold the traction button for five seconds to fully disable TC and ABS uh, and shut off and uh, restart the, the Jeep to re-enable. Uh, and this will force the 392 into two-wheel drive. So, uh, And then you could tap again to restore uh, four-wheel drive. So... Uh, I, you certainly can get around the the this issue of of uh, using the clutch packs all the time. Now, I will tell you this, uh, and I don't recommend it. Um, putting it in two wheel drive uh, option uh, with the three ninety two will increase the ability to do burnouts. <laughs> well, it does say three ninety two. I think that's sort of uh, you know understood. <laughs> Light them up, boys. That's right. <laughs> So what do you guys think? Is this thing, I mean, I, I know neither one of us, uh, none of us have uh, 392s, but is this, is, this any, is there any concern about this to you, the clutch pack and a transfer case? 
for me, there, there wouldn't be any nut because they've been using clutch packs and everything, right? Whether it be uh, transmissions or Hazy rear ends, clutch packs are nothing new in a drivetrain. Mm-hmm. But this, the failure of this clutch pack means you can't do four-wheel drive. That's the thing that concerned me. Well, a little horsepower. There'd be other failures. <laughs> how about you wendy uh any concern i mean uh would you if you had a 392 would you even care <laughs> no i wouldn't honestly what do you mean i broke that again what <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it's made for that's what it'd be fun yeah yeah, like, yeah. Let's see. so yeah so uh, just another reason to uh, to get a uh, a taser mini for your uh, for your jeep and I did check with Bill, um, a Jeep uh, talk show team member, Bill, because he does have a 392. And I asked him if he knew about this. Uh, and uh, I, I don't remember. I don't think he did. But I don't, he also, too, wasn't concerned about it. He did know that the 392 is like an all-wheel uh, wheel drive option. And uh, so uh, I don't know. We'll see. He does have the Taser Mini. Uh, right. But I don't know that if he actually uh, is disabling uh, the, uh, the all uh, the auto four-wheel drive or not. So, so uh, we'll be talking to him and see yeah, what he does. Do you remember when we went to EJS, we stopped the plate in the sand for a little while? I did. Ways? Yeah. So did you see any of the two-wheel burnouts he was doing in the sand? No, I didn't. Yeah. It, well, it, I, I wasn't it, aware of this at the time, yeah. so I didn't I, I didn't even notice. It, it was some pretty impressive two-wheel burnouts in the sand. Big rooster tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He did not say, when I was chatting with him on Discord, he did not say that he has enabled this. So I'll have to check with him and see, because that's interesting. Yeah, you would have expected to see a lot more. Although, maybe it favors the, the, the two-wheel drive uh, over the four-wheel drive if it uh, doesn't need the traction. I don't know. It's fancy. Let's just put it that way. The 392 <laughs> is fancy. It's fancy. All right, famous for freedom. Do you guys think we're talking about Jeeps or? Uh, I, I hope so. It is a Jeep talk show. Somebody recently released from prison. That's probably it too. <laughs> so Jeep launches a new famous for freedom Wrangler campaign uh, in a resounding celebration of the launch for the updated 2024 Jeep Wrangler and Wrangler 4 by EJL. The iconic Jeep brand is introducing its uh, captivating Famous for Freedom global warming campaign. Global marketing. <laughs> I like the warning. Warming. Oh, <laughs> people man, people just shut off the show. <laughs> they were like, we're going down that road again? Ah, darn it. <laughs> this ca- campaign sets the tone uh, of liberation and adventure, embodying the Jeep spirit and a re- a resonating with Jeep enthusiasts uh, for generations. So... Um, when I saw this, this famous for freedom, I immediately thought of World War II. Mm-hmm. But I doubt that, that that that's where they're going with this. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's where they're going. Because, you know, the USA is evil and you shouldn't have any anything that you can do to, to fight anybody. <laughs> Although I will say in the picture you have in the show notes, you have a, a red, a blue, and a yellow. Looks like. And the black. There's a black. And a black. Yeah. Yeah, but why not a white? Where's the white? Yeah. It's it's just really boring. That's why. It, it is boring. So <laughs> so there's there, there's something else in this little Wendy, thing. Wendy I just has wanted. a white Jeep, so that's why yeah, I did that. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. It is cool. I like my white Jeep. So. so I think this is kind of hilarious, though. The global campaign celebrates this community of dreamers and doers who seek to live freedom-fueled 
lives. Isn't that sort of like an oxymoron since they're moving everything into electric? Is that fuel? That's not their fuel. So why are they using the words freedom fueled? Well, well, beyond all that, what about freedom of speech? Oh, that's true, too. Oh, and and this big there's a big thing with this is going on in California. <laughs> so there's Wendy, did you hear last week's show? <laughs> no, I didn't get a chance to. With dang it. Lit- what did I miss? Li- lithium mines in California. Oh, dang it. I <laughs> what? what? I missed it. <laughs> You're not the only one. Uh, uh, Bob keeps calling in saying, I'm still catching up with the shows, and this yeah, comments for yet. three months ago, you know. <laughs> but we love and, hearing from Bob. But, yeah, I was going to say, at least he's listening. That's, That's right. <laughs> So yeah. uh, the the campaign underscores the Jeep brand's commitment uh, to raising the bar and uh, uh, melding the utmost capability with cutting edge technology. And I kind of got an argument about that. I mean, I like the niceties on the Gladiator, but I think you can get too much technology in a Jeep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, oh for the off roading, uh, the off road. Well, that's what I mean. I know it's funny because people. You know, they, they come to us and they want us to help them to learn to drive their Jeep or to, you know, expand their own knowledge. And they got all this technology and one of our students is like, well, I'll just use the backup camera. I'm like, you, you did not just say that. Turn all that stuff off. <laughs> you got to learn to feel your way through things. Drop so, and give right. me 20. <laughs> you know what? It's like it is. It's too, too, I think, too much technology, even in all the other types of brands of cars out there. You got to learn to drive people. Don't just rely on technology. Stuff fails. Trust me. So the the backup camera didn't show me that tree I backed into. Just saying. <laughs> I know. But- it, it is nice coming off the passes of Black Bear, though. What to say? Oh my God! What was it? Uh, what was that one that we did, uh, Larry? Where you were going up and down on the uh, <laughs> Hell's uh, Revenge? Yeah, Hell's Revenge. That's the only time that I've ever thought, oh, "Wow, it would be nice to have a, a camera on the front of this thing, so I can just make sure that I'm driving over uh, something solid because <laughs> I'm going up over this edge and all I see is sky." <laughs> oh, but that's the fun part. You're feeling your way through. It's kind of cool. Yeah, my cushion doesn't think it's fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like to cuddle, but this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> so uh, anyway, they have a nice little campaign, uh, Famous for Freedom, and I'm going to look at it as the, the freedom of getting off-road, as I like to say, uh, the the what civilians can't do. Jeep owners uh, not being the civilians, they have a vehicle, a capable vehicle from the factory that they can go and do things that many others can't, including Broncos uh, and maybe some Toyotas. <laughs> send, your or, hate, or send your hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or shouldn't. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, but I'm also, I'm looking at it like the, the freedom, the, the freedom of like what we expect in the United States. Uh, the the, the, the freedom that it won us during World War II, uh, the reason why the Jeep came into being. And uh, I just think that I like the famous for freedom thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm certain that this isn't the, the way that it's being presented. The very last statement in this little article says, the 2024 Jeep Wrangler ensures customers can select the ideal propulsion system for their <laughs> lifestyles. So perhaps the famous for freedom is an hom- homage to... Let's not give up fossil fuels. <laughs> exactly. Flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah, the flux capacitor. I'll be right back. What, yeah, okay. What the flux <laughs> capacitor? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, 
leave it to us to take a great article and just chop it all well i mean it's it's it. it's our opinion and that's what we're here for to express yes. our opinion and there's going to be people out there there's going to be listeners that uh, agree and disagree and of course this is always your opportunity to join in the conversation just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and reach out to us email voicemail uh, any way you uh, you want uh, we'd love to hear from you including social media so uh yeah what do you think uh do you, what do you think whenever you hear famous for freedom uh, I, I like i said I, I think it's uh, the freedom, uh, all kinds of freedoms that we experience here in the United States. And, and largely, we have those freedoms because of the Jeep that was used in World War II. Absolutely. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, I wanted to dive into tread lightly a little bit deeper, since I do talk about different proponents of this. And... Just to let listeners know, you can go to the website, treadlightly.org. It is an organization that promotes um, some different things. There are actual letters, T-R-E-A-D, actually stand for something. Um, so then I go with this pretty quickly. But uh, the first one is travel responsibly. Basically, stay on designated trails. We've been talking about that. And if you will with me down here in Southern California, or you hear me talking about some of our trails and people that don't stay on the trails, it is frustrating. And that's how trails get closed. Um, so go over, not around obstacles. And if you can't make an obstacle, then turn around. I know that's hard to do with a group, but honestly, you need to be prepared. Um, also, too, those of you that have water um, that you get to cross all the time, not so much here in California, uh, make sure that you're sort of crossing those streams at designated crossings. So basically, uh, the T part of Tread Lightly is travel responsibly. Now, respect. This one's interesting, the right of others. I suppose there's a huge general conversation you can have about what does that mean. But what they're talking about is, you know what, if it's private property, don't be trespassing. If you find gates that are open or closed, leave them as you found them. And the biggest one is going to be yield the, to the right of way. And that's kind of a interesting thing. In some states, you know, they'll say going up a hill and down a hill, the person going uphill has the right of way versus the downhill. It's not always the same with Jeepers. It kind of depends on the number of people in your group. And also, can you guys, you know, find a safe place to pull over to let somebody pass? So just being respectful, I think, is a really good key that we need to be, you know, thinking about. Um, the E in TREAD is educate yourself. You really need to plan your trip. Um, have paper maps, Tony, um, or even GPS like on X or things like that that will paper help cuts. you. Paper cuts. Yeah, paper cuts. Uh, but you kind of need to know where you're going and where you plan to go. And again, we've always for a proponent here, go ahead and use your you know, GPS or your Onyx or any kind of a system that you're using to plan your trip and then use it. But if you lose cell service, um, you should have paper maps. You also need to know how to operate your equipment safely. And we do talk about this a lot on the show as far as recovery gear or even how to use your GRMS radio or, you know, how to air down your tires and air them back up. So whatever that means to you as far as equipment, make sure that you're educating yourself ahead of time and maybe you're still learning and that's okay too, but make sure that you are in that process of learning. The A in TREAD is avoid sensitive areas. Boy, I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, protecting wildlife and sensitive soil, sensitive plant species. We have that here in Southern California. You, we just don't want you driving on that and destroying that kind of a thing. So be aware when you're out riding that you are aware of those kinds of signs. Don't be going through, even if it looks like somebody's already mowed down the fence, which happens down here a lot. Don't trespass. It's just something that you just need to know. Stay on the designated trail. Um, you also don't want to disturb historical 
sites. Um, we talked a little bit about if you find things, you know, we're always picking up trash, of course. But if it's older than 50 years, you leave it. That's considered an archaeological um, find later on, and they want you to leave that kind of things. And those are going to mostly be cans and things of metal, of course. But um, just knowing that you need to be able to avoid sensitive areas and be aware. So if, if I was to take a nap, nobody would disturb me is what you're saying. <laughs> That's it. Yes. You're more than 50 Liz, years leave old. You on the mountain. It sounds good, right, Larry? <laughs> oh, I love it. And the D in tread is do your part. You know, leave an area better than you found it. Um, help to mentor people. If you are uh, more experienced in this jeeping world, then, you know, take that extra moment to welcome a newbie, um, giving them the pros and cons of whatever they're doing or making sure they understand the whole tread lightly philosophy. Um, you also need to properly dispose of waste. And we're talking about, you know, your own stuff and also trash and dog waste and baby waste and whatever else, you know, plan to pack it in, pack it out. And you can do different kinds of bags that can hang on the outside of the Jeep, on the tire. Um, you don't have to have it in the Jeep, but at least you know that. Um, the other one they talk about is minimize the use of fire, especially if you're overlanding and you want to have a fire because that's pretty cool. You know, in our uh, forested areas in San Bernardino Mountains, it's illegal to have a fire unless it's designated in a fire ring. But yet we travel and go through different trails all the time and there's all these, you know, made up rings. Well, I put rocks around it. That should keep the fire in. You guys should check out one of my episodes where I talk about root fires, where the uh, oh, fire will actually yeah. go down in the ground, get hot enough, will affect a root and it will travel. could be for days, months even, uh, I don't know if it goes a full year, but months down the road and all of a sudden it finds a source of air and poof, you got a fire going. So, so, so what you're saying is, is that you can uh, start a fire and get away with it because it'll uh, <laughs> get yeah. me months later. Darn arsonist. <laughs> what is but it? I, I what know. is it? Is it Virginia or North Carolina or something that has that coal mine uh, fire? That the, the, oh, the, that's the coal? still going? Yeah. yeah. For decades. That's yeah. totally different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, I know it's not a root fire, but it reminded yeah. me of that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know when we talked about the root fires, Josh was on the show, and he was just like in Oregon. It's Who? crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we miss you, Josh. Um, but uh, that you know, that's something you wouldn't think about because Oregon in those areas seems to be green and lush, mm -hmm. and it's wet all the time. Why would there be a fire? But he said it travels underneath a lot, and they have issues with that. So, again, understanding the rules of the area that you're going to be traveling in and to do your part. So. And sometimes it's just good to follow the rules. You don't necessarily need to. I mean, I encourage people to understand what's going on. Yeah, but that's but, true. But following the rules would be the first step. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, what's really cool about Tread Lightly is that you will see them in all kinds of different events that you may be attending. Go to their booth. They have these cool little cards you can pick up that give you these actual things. Tread Lightly, it spells out T-R-E-A-D. Um, you can also get certified to be a, tr a Tread Light trainer. Um, you can get more involved with it. They actually have some uh, Tread Lightly 101 course where you it's all online. You can just take and answer the questions and uh, just understand a little more yourself. But it's really a good organization for all of us, no matter what part of the country we're in, that we are respecting the environment, that we're respecting the trails, and we want to keep those trails open. So I highly recommend everybody participate and practice Tread Lightly and pass it on and make sure that we uh, we have our trails forever. So. Absolutely. You know, when we were out in uh, EJS, when he, we were we all partaked in a in a tread lightly event, we were actually putting the fences up around some dinosaur footprints that were I in some of the that. rocks. Yeah, right? same thing. So yeah. right, so they do a lot of work like that to 
I'll say mend fences or restrict access so that we don't lose the right to a lot of these trails. Mm-hmm. Very active. Yeah, I, I, and I, I'm probably not the only one, although maybe I'm just not educated. Uh, I really thought Tread Lightly was all about picking up trash. I thought we were, and I've said this before, I thought we were going out there, Larry, to, to pick up trash. Yeah. And, and, so it was, and it was really windy, so I didn't think that uh, it was there was going to be <laughs> trash to pick up. <laughs> well, and I, I think, too, we sort of use that term tread lightly to be, you know, don't be spinning your tires and, you know, make sure that you air down. We, we do talk about that as well. But I do think it's it's really a little bit more about looking at the bigger scope of things. And especially those of us who've been wheeling for a while, we are the mentors. And I think it's part of our responsibility to just pass this on. And if you ever get to a trade show and you can pick up these cards, what a great way to hand that to somebody and not to be rude about it or anything and say, hey, I didn't know if you're aware of this, but you're new to jeeping or you're new to the world here. This is something we all practice. So anyway. Wendy, is there a big, uh, I'll say tread lightly group presence there in California um, you know, on we, the trails? Not on the trails per se. I do know that we met where I got these cards um, one of our events we did, Pier 4x4, came down and did an overland event, and they were there. And when I went over to talk with them, I was like, ooh, can I have these? <laughs> and I can get more. So we're going to be putting them in all of our packets when we do student training and anything like that. Anybody we meet, we're going to be passing them out because I think it's just important that we all share in that. So. Right. So I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the show or not or mentioned it to you guys. Uh, I consider Tread Lightly a, a friend of the show, and uh, I would really like for us to, you know, the Jeep Talk Show to join uh, Tread Lightly. Uh, I've, uh, I've had some conversations uh, with, uh, after an interview I did, uh, I think mm-hmm. it was Matt, uh, but don't quote me on that. Uh, about joining uh, Tread Lightly, and yeah, uh, but we're, we're gonna we we're gonna do that. I, I really like that organization, and yeah. uh, we would uh, like to be a part of that. And of course. Uh, uh, Tom Zelensky of uh, Four Fest Events is uh, is part of uh, the Tread Lightly program as well. Yeah, so. and I, I think you can anybody can join. Um, there's different levels, and it's pretty simple. And I think it's just a great even just regular clubs can join or individuals. So I think it's a great, and it's a national organization. It's not just one state that's that's right. doing this. Yeah. So no. I think it's amazing. So they anyway, do, they do great work, and uh, it was it was really neat being able to to meet the uh, the Tread Lightly members, a few of the Tread Lightly members. Uh, actually, there was uh, two or three of them that I had interviewed in the past. I uh, got to got to meet out there at uh, EJS. It's uh, it's really cool. I really like that aspect. I mean, it's fun talking to people online, you know, through uh, Skype or whatever we do the yeah. interview on. Uh, but uh, meeting meeting them in person, even if there's it's not a long conversation, it's just neat to, to you know actually see them uh, physically in person. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Well, like I said last week, that's enough of that. All right, so uh, <laughs> it's really long. <laughs> it's cool, but it's really long. So uh, let me ask you, uh, uh, let me start with you, Wendy. Uh, do you have differential protection? Yes. And is it front or rear? Both. Yeah. So uh, as a person that uh, goes off-road a lot, and especially seeing how you do the spotting and you get mm-hmm. to see firsthand, mm-hmm. how, how important do you think differential protection is? Again, it would be depending on what you're wheeling. But if you're going to be doing, you know, six, seven, eight, uh, nine, even 10, like Rubicon or what I call Black Diamond, it's very important because there's a lot of times when you don't put your tires exactly where you want them and you don't understand to do that, you are going to slip off. And inevitably, that is the low hanging, the lowest hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So understanding where your diffs are 
position. So the front one is actually more, it's closer to the driver side. So about where your, maybe your pedal, your gas pedal is, the rear is dead center. So we always tell people, if you need to straddle something and you can't go over it for whatever reason, stick it on the driver's side. I mean, the passenger side. Right. So that you have the most clearance, but differential protection, absolutely. You can you can get on a rock and get turtled, which is what most people do. And sorry, turtling means that all four tires or two tires are spinning and you don't have any traction because you're stuck. Uh, be, I beat you to it, Tony. Um, but usually it's stuck on the diff, and then people try to keep going forward. Well, if the rock is you know going up and you're inclined. You can actually rip that open, and <laughs> you have a whole other problem. Mm-hmm. So having protection. Um, some people actually do um, skid plates for them underneath. I've seen that as well. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend it if you're going to be doing major climbing. If you're just doing fire roads and easy roads, you probably don't need to spend the money on it. You're not going to be going over anything to worry about it. This is almost a, a rock-only situation, right? I mean, the, mm-hmm. you, you never can say 100% because there's – there's all, I mean, you could you could well, pull a, a diff cover open at the mall if you – You could, yeah, <laughs> over a curb. Yeah, or, uh, or, or you know, those little uh, concrete things uh, that well, keep you from going forward. I was going to say or, – or the Prius, but anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing is just to keep in mind is that, you know, we've had uh, that hurricane slash Hillary that came through, um, tropical storm. Bitch. I know, Exactly. It, we went out to the trails, it's major damage. So trails, they were rated blue, which is medium for us. So we're going to be like in that four to six range is now closer to the six, seven and eight range. So if you didn't have diff protection and now you're going over nothing but rock because the dirt's all been removed and this is mm. solid granite type rock, you will do something if you don't know how to drive and pick your line. So again, do you have to have them? Not if you're doing the easy, easy stuff, you know, not worried about it. But if you're going to start to do anything where your terrain is going to change and you have the potential of hooking something back there, it depends on what you're on. If you're on 33s or 35s and you're going over rocks, you're probably going to need some kind of protection. You're on 37s and you got a good size lift. You may not need as much, but the same thing is, what are you doing? So, well, you never know, and that's kind mm-hmm. of the whole thing about jeeping is getting is the it. stuff that is going to help you um, as much as you possibly can be helped within a reasonable amount of money. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> right. that's the other issue. So, um, oh, and you know, and we haven't mentioned this in a while. Uh, the, uh, the I don't I don't even remember what it's called, but it's basically a trail cleanup kit. Or something, uh, because if you do pop open that diff cover and the fluid starts coming out, uh, you need to get that off the trail, right? Mm-hmm. What is, what is that thing? Is it a trail cleaning kit? Did I get it right? I'm trying to think what it's called. All right, so yeah. I'm not the only one. but No, I, I can't remember <laughs> what it is, but I would imagine... Like we did sometime, you you know, you paper towels and whatever you got in the. I was just going to say you can you, you probably can take whatever whatever it is that you can do to, to get that yeah. oil up off the off the trail, and I would think that's a big tread lightly uh, thing Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Yep. So, Larry, do you have uh, diff covers, uh, aftermarket diff covers on on your uh, Jeep? Maybe they came with that uh, the Rubicon swaps that you got. No, so I run uh, the Rancho in the back, and I made the front, so it. It, How many times I got to tell you no bragging? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, both are covered. Good. So one of the things that I, and I don't know how true this is, but I did see a YouTube video where they were talking about uh, the flow, the how the when the, the, the ring uh, spins, that it uh, the, the oil gets, uh, the, the diff fluid yes. gets picked up and put on top of the, the ring and pinion and oils it properly and I, in a certain degree cools it. 
uh, and that is governed by the shape of the diff cover. And there's a really cool uh, video, YouTube video, and uh, you can see the link in the, the show notes for this episode. Um, and uh, you go watch that. They actually used a clear, uh, and I'm sure it's plastic, uh, diff cover so that they can demonstrate to you the, the flow of the, uh, the, the diff fluid inside the diff cover. So was that a concern when you were making your diff cover, Larry? Is it getting proper flow? So it isn't the cover that I made. I actually made a skid that goes mounts to the diff, right? But I know the video you're talking about, and it's pretty amazing. The cover itself, just the shape inside of it, that uh, how it changes the dynamics of the fluid in there. Mm Mm-hmm. And we all know the fluid is very important. I mean, you can't, you don't want to not have fluid. That's one of the one of the concerns we have here about uh, having an aftermarket uh, diff cover on is that uh, it's less likely to get pulled open. I, I, I Wendy or, or Larry, either one, have you guys ever seen a situation where the diff cover was damaged so badly that there was like a gaping hole in it? It seems to me that the, the most of the time it's just the 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 lip gets pulled off of the Correct. cover where it leaks. That's all, right. Yeah, that's all I've seen. It's just a little bit of a leakage. You know, mm-hmm. it's like seeping i guess is the word yeah so there's there's uh, i guess you got to go through a tie rod uh before you can uh uh, get the diff cover so you you have other problems uh we'll we'll call it doing the bronco if you bend the tie rod enough um Mm -hmm. (laughs) before it gets to the diff cover so how important do you guys think that a reared uh aftermarket rear diff cover is huge that's what we have curry on both of ours yeah, so for, so on mine once again, I run a skid plate, and uh, it's factory. Are, are you thinking about changing it, or maybe after uh, this conversation? No. You figure no. that the the plate and the uh, the trail vice are, is enough protection. Yeah, because the, the <laughs> skid plate actually the skid plate actually drops, comes back an, an yes. inch or so past the past the cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, granted, now if I slid off and backed up into it. Oh, yeah, I could very easily smack it that way, but mm-hmm. at this point, I'm not planning on it. Okay. Yeah, uh, actually, I've I've seen those um, skids, and they're actually really good, especially if you're doing major rocks and you come down on something. Um, sometimes they can help you slide a little bit if you have to pivot, but uh, for us, the curry covers are just as good, and they don't have to worry about it. So, right. ours are pretty sturdy, and mm-hmm. we've yeah. certainly... Had our fair yeah. share of some interesting things. Yeah, and a lot of guys, in, you know, in our group, we all wheel, all run the metal cloak, you know, the big heavy rear diff cover as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I actually put uh, Rough Stuff Specialties uh, diff covers front and rear on my uh, uh, XJ, and uh, that would be my first source because I've you know actually used those. That was going to be right. my first source for the Gladiator, and I went over there and they don't have anything for the JL JLU. Mm-hmm. They do have a JT. They do have um, a Dana forty four covers, uh, but I don't know that it's the same flavor as the what's on the the Gladiator. I need to do a little more research. Um, so, Larry, you just a- answered one of the questions I was going to ask is. Uh, what's a good uh, manufacturer to go for uh, on a diff cover? And you said uh, uh, metal. What was it? I'm thinking metal, metal curry. Glow. Metal yeah. glow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Curry, curry probably makes one as well. And, yes, you know, curry. I, I've only I've seen the the metal cloak ones. I've seen the curry ones out there. Either one would probably be a good choice. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's a good ounce, a good little bit of insurance for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, especially if you're gonna, like I said, you're gonna start doing. 
heavier wheeling where it could come down, especially with the Gladiator having that extra back end there, you might find yourself touching the back a little bit. I'm right, thinking because, because the rear is, is the one will get you, right? Because as mm -hmm. you're sliding up over a it's, rock. Because it's dead you, center. <laughs> as you slide over, that's when you grab that edge, right? And then you just peel the lip right out of it. Oh, right. that's a good point. That's a good point. I was going to focus on the front diff uh, before mm -hmm. I went to EJS, but yeah, that's, you, that, that's right. Yeah. yeah. If you had to make a decision, I'd go with the rear first, or you could look into the little skids and see how that does for a while, because that would probably be a little bit easier to see how you do. Mm -hmm. Well, skids. of course, I was going to say uh, suspenders and belt. I get the skid and <laughs> the diff cover is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I don't have the skids on those diffs. I don't need to. Because the curries are pretty sturdy, I like the thickness and how strong they are. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't need to do skids, even with everything that we do at this point. So uh, that sounds like a, a, an ex-host that said they didn't need a, a winch because they were they were going to get stuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. And, and now it's going to be a problem because uh, you met, you said this out loud. You Darn can, it! You can you, you can just, think things, but you can't you, say them out loud. You put that out yep. there, Tony. Thanks for that. You just set <laughs> so, me up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So, so there there lies one issue. If you want to put the skid plates under there. Some of those systems, like in old metal cloaks, they make a they make an aftermarket skid plate that you have to run their skid plate with their rear diff cover because a lot of the aftermarket skid plates use the bolts that are tucked up inside of that cover. Oh, right? okay, right. So when you buy their cover, you also buy their their skid. It's it's a system. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, you guys know how I love Motobuilt. Uh, I uh, I got their front and rear uh, bumpers uh, on my uh, Gladiator, and so I went over there. Actually, I went to Northridge Four by Four dot com and was uh, went there to look and see what they had available for uh, diff covers for the uh, for the Gladiator, and I'm sure this is uh, for the JL as well. Uh, but uh, they, uh, I was really surprised with the uh, the discount. Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we have a uh, uh, for, uh, Northridge 4 x 4com uh, uh, discount code. It was $118. And that is cheaper than... And, of course, it's, it, it reminded me a lot of the rough stuff thing, just this huge, thick metal that was... It's bent and welded in a few, a few, as few places as possible uh, to, so that the strength is there. And uh, so, yeah, I thought that was a great price. And that was for the, uh, the M200... Uh, Dana 44. So uh, I believe it was for the front, but yeah, it may not. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It was actually for the rear, the rear diff, but uh, I need both. So uh, yeah, I'm looking at that one and uh, that'll be yet another thing I need to get. But I think the first thing I'm going to get is the uh, the Motobuilt uh, skid plate system uh, first. But uh, I do like the idea of uh, uh, at least having a skid over the, the rear diff as well. Mm -hmm. I may do so that instead of a diff cover. So the bottom line on this, by the way, without having to spend a ton of money, I know you're going to do the skids and I think that's a good idea, but is learning to pick the line so that your tires are using the rocks, you're up and on top of rocks as opposed to straddling. Most people we see look at a rock because that's what's on a highway. We avoid rocks when we drive our regular vehicles. But when you get in the dirt, people go, oh my gosh, there's a rock. And they try to go around it or over it and they, they don't actually use the rock. So if you can kind of put that in your brain, you probably won't have much issue of hitting. We, we don't hit our diff very often. It's going to be something that's bizarre in a super tight, you know, like a John Bull or, you know, dishpan spring, something that just has this a massive amount of, you know, pressure and trying to turn in such a tight spot that you do kind of come off with the tire. Mm -hmm. But most trails, if you can find those good solid rocks and you go over them and get yourself extra clearance, 
and you're not even hitting anything. So. Oh, yeah, and, no. No, it, yeah. you take your time, uh, plan your route, uh, listen to your spotter. I had to throw that in there for Wendy. Thank and, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so what? What about what about if you're trying to film YouTube and you got a dog in the back that's <laughs> trying to come forward oh, and you're you, trying to pay attention to two or three cameras? You need to save this for your therapy for session. You need yeah, to, to save this for your therapy yeah. session, well, Larry. And, and actually, <laughs> that's a you wait, problem. I, wait, Larry, I, I'm going to add another one. So they hand me the camera to video and they want me to spot at the same time. Wait, what? Well, you're looking anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, but you need both hands. It's like, uh, what do I do with the camera? Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. I don't think I've ever asked you this, Wendy. You can remind me if I have or not. But do you ever find yourself uh, saying a passenger uh, or driver instead of left or right? Just go passenger. <laughs> yes, I, I actually use that a lot in life. And they're looking at me like, what? Oh, I'm sorry, left. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think uh, getting a diff cover, a heavy-duty diff cover, uh, especially for the front. And now I've learned that uh, that makes sense, the, the, the rear as well. Rear uh, does, it, does it happen on the rear more often than the front? Yes. Ah, interesting. So I need to focus on the rear diff cover so first. I'll, I'll tell you why that happens. Most people do not understand the length of their vehicle and what's happening with the rear tires. So once they've cleared the front rock, let's say, they're like, hey, I'm clear. And they come off of that back and they slip or they turn too soon. They don't allow the traction to happen and the actual wheels to track. And they come right off and they get hung up and slip off. I would say that's probably 75% of the issue when you hit your you hit your rear before you ever hit your front. So Wendy, you'll like this. I when I was out at EJS I, and, and I heard you say this multiple times. I remembered what you said uh, about don't forget about where your rear tires are. That's correct. You need to know the length of your vehicle so that whenever you're coming down off an obstacle, that you don't just you know come off too fast and hit right. something. Uh, and also to keep in mind uh, where the where the diff is, and I, it really has to do with the rear wheels. And yes. uh, I remember that several times. That was probably Yay. the biggest thing I remember uh, repeating to myself when I was coming off of things. And just remembering, because you, you can get really excited uh, and you can get really nervous yes, about stuff. So, You're like, oh my gosh, I made that rock. And then you go forward and you turn because the, the trail's turning. Whammy. And the next thing you know, bam. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm stuck and I've broken something. What the heck? Yeah, you can mm -hmm. avoid... I would say 90% of the issues you see on YouTube with people getting stuck by just understanding those rear tires. Yep. Yep. So I uh, really appreciate cool. you saying well, that to help me. I'm at, happy EJS. to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. It's like I'm, I'm in your brain. I so like it. <laughs> unless you're, unless you're Bill, I recommend listening to Wendy. There you go. I recommend it for Bill, too, but we all know what he's going to do. He's not going to listen. <laughs> I've already tried. It's been too many years. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, you guys talked about creating a podcast and YouTube content. And I'd like to remind everybody that Nikki G has a YouTube channel and a podcast called 10 Minute Off-Road Podcast. It's a podcast for the off-roader with a short attention span. <laughs> and funny. I want to tell you, I, I am not high-tech. I don't spend any money on anything because <laughs> I am a cheap bastard. So I record my podcast on my iPad, and a lot of the camera work on my YouTube channel is either on a GoPro or on my cell phone. I feel the trick is to be successful is do what you want, and don't worry about what anybody else might think about it. There's always going to be somebody that hates it, and there's always going to be somebody who loves it no matter what you do. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to ask, if a child refuses to take a nap, can he get cited for resisting arrest? 
All right, boys and girls, I'll chat to you later. You can have a good one. Bye. So I got that one immediately. A rest. Good. Yeah. A rest being like, you know, to answer the question, they should. (laughs) (laughs) The funny part would be if his his 10 minute podcast isn't 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. In 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he has any filler. Uh, probably has a. Uh, oh, I wonder if he has a. Uh, oh, what's the what's the the rooster's name? Uh, Henry. Henry. Dinner. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, not dinner. It's not Kentucky. <laughs> Henry. Either. Henry. I wonder if Henry has a segment. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a segment. He needs his own segment. <laughs> oh yeah, he could do the uh, the the conversation like he has, where the, Henry makes yeah. a makes a crowing noise and then uh, right. Nikki talks <laughs> to him. Yeah, Nikki G translates. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh he, you know what that's actually a good idea nikki you should do that people probably listen to that all the time <laughs> oh they i'm sure they listen now all right so let's uh, let's get to our must-have stuff pick of the week for your jeep and uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show uh, about the uh, the 392 transfer case having not having a two-wheel drive option well uh we can uh, you can get that with the z automotive taser for the jl and jt mini programmer customize over 50 settings compatible with jeep wrangler gladiator 2018 through 2022 and uh, activates rock crawl winch mode light show etc and you need you have to have the light show i mean uh neither neither one of you guys went to uh, great smoky mountain jeep invasion but that's where you need the light show because you're cruising up and down the the road or you're parked over on the side. I think it's actually illegal to do it on the road. But parked over on the side, you need that light show. You need all those little lights blinking on and off because, you know, that's all about jeeping. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, the one feature on there that I actually use a lot on the trail, and, and Wendy, you'll love this one, is rock crawl mode. So if you drive, oh, a, ma- yep. if you drive a manual, mm-hmm. especially if you're stuck going up a pretty steep incline, you can actually turn that on. And hold the brakes with one of the buttons on the steering wheel. Oh, wow. That's great. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. So so that you're not trying to rev the thing up, you know, to max or, or try to figure out how to get your feet across two pedals, which we've all done. Mm-hmm. But you can hold it while you start getting momentum and just release and then you just go. It keeps you from lurching forward, which I, I know has been a conversation of ours out on a trail. It's kind of like a what instead of two footing you're using this instead so you're kind not, of, yeah, you're not using it, left foot braking no because it locks all four brakes through through the abs system wow mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i'm glad you mentioned that I, I didn't know what rock crawl was yeah that's because usually with the manual if nothing else you're riding the emergency brake yeah while you're trying to work all your you work your feet on the brake and and, and clutch. the clutch and, and yeah. the gas and and the emergency brake's not going to hold it nearly as good as having no, all four it, of them locked no, up. No, it doesn't. Right. No, it works really nice. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So yet another thing you can do with uh, with the Taser Mini. I highly right. recommend it. Uh, I, I do think it's very pricey at $329 uh, on Amazon. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I got it because when I went to put the 35-inch tires on there, I needed to change the, the size of the tire. And... Uh, the there are other things that you can use. I, I'm, I'm brain farting on uh, the other the other setup. Stop start. <laughs> oh God, yes, and and turning off the stop start. But there's Get another there's that. another there's another vendor that's like a hundred bucks or something that will change right. tire yeah. sizes. But I really like the idea of all the things that you can do uh, with uh, the Z Automotives, and they then they come out with updates. I think the most recent uh, update that I remember is uh, the ability to uh, like uh, anti carjacking mode. 
uh, where you can actually uh, put a code in that you have to press on the the steering wheel, the buttons in a certain order. And uh, if you uh, if you if your keys leave the vehicle, as in like you're being carjacked, uh, and you leave the vehicle, uh, the uh, the the vehicle your Jeep will drive um, I don't know a quarter mile or something, and then as soon as it slows down uh, slow enough for the brakes to engage, it locks up those brakes and all the lights and stuff come on. I don't think the horn honks, but it may. And uh, basically, uh, you're out of danger and you're far enough away where you don't have to worry about the carjackers. And more than likely, they're going to get out and leave and you're going to go in there and jump in and press the buttons and drive on, drive away. Also, too, uh, it, you have to uh, engage, press the right sequence of buttons uh, whenever you go to, uh, after you've started your vehicle, before you can leave. And it's so funny, uh, uh, Bill got this, and uh, I've seen him on several occasions where the lights start blinking, and it, it comes to a stop all of a sudden, and he goes, oh, that's right. And he's and then just a, a half second. The code in? Yeah, a half second later, he's back on his way. So, uh, and it's the same thing. It, it's kind of like the rock crawl mode, because it's locking up all four tires. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't done it to the gladiator yet because, um, I'm, I know my wife is going to have a problem with it. Um, she's not going to be used to it and, uh, it's just not going to be, it's, it's going to irritate the hell out of her, which is, means it's going ir- to irritate the hell out of me, but I like the idea of it. Yeah. That's what I use to, to reset everything when I change the axles for the gearing and everything, because, you know, on the older vehicles, you could do that without consequences, but with that computer, it freaks out. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback feedback does help us to improve the show and reach more Jeep enthusiasts just like yourself. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media like Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, And sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on the latest news and the Jeep news events and giveaways. Finally, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you'll find multiple ways to contact. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of Jeep Talk Show. Broadcasting since 2010.